Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here on Inside the Ropes. My name is Kenny McIntosh. I know we're a day late, but uh, you know we had some scheduling stuff yesterday, but we are here and I'm here with Finley Martin as always. Finn, how are you this sunny Wednesday morning? Kenny, I'm doing all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my fault that we were a day late. I had to go to the doctors yesterday. I've been diagnosed with a frozen shoulder. Oh, yeah, my mum's had that. It's a... Uh... That can be a pain in the arse. So what's the what's the road to recovery looking like? It's just the doctor just gave me some exercises to do with small weights. So yeah, I'm confident that it will be the cure. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, that was uh, that's the reason why we're a day late. So well, to, to, so that you're so that you're not taking full blame. We were going to do it when you got back, but then I was going to see Kim Wilde last night. And Kim Wilde. And I'd forgotten that uh, my friend and I were going to be going for a bite to eat first, so I had to be at the door. At like half five, and then you know you were all ready to go up at five past five. We didn't want to shortchange the customers on no. on, on what's no. going down. Um, so, but uh, yeah, well, listen, let's dive into the wrestling. Um, I did want to ask you very quickly: Have you had the chance yet to see the the new NXT logo this morning? Has that permeated through to you yet? No, all I know is that Sola Sokoa surprisingly won the NXT North American title last night. He did. He did. Well, I'm going to, if you can pull this up on oh, Facebook. Of... New NXT logo. You, people can hear me typing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. I see it. So it's a, a kind of homage more to the black and gold than anything else. But I did want to ask you, it just it kind of came to me because I was uh, doing the final proofreading parts for the next issue of the magazine. I know you cover in that. Uh, you know, NXT Heatwave and different stuff. And it kind of struck me, you know, not as many people talk about NXT as, as they used to, you know, a couple of years ago or whatever. And now that Triple H is back back in the helm, he's changing the logo. Do you think that NXT is going to become more popular or do you think it's still part of that problem of there's so much wrestling and people kind of have to pick and choose what they want to watch? Do you think, do you think that this kind of, you know, Tip back to the past is going to provoke more people checking out NXT. Well, I think one of the reasons why people used to talk about NXT all the time was because the program went head to head with Dynamite. So people were talking about that. And then they moved it from Wednesday to Tuesday. 
And then, you know, the Wednesday night war ended and NXT was on a Tuesday. So people didn't really talk about that as much. I mean, if you look at Heat Wave, that did, was that it was 723,000 viewers? I think it did. It was the highest rated episode since the Halloween Havoc special back in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the following episode did pretty well also. So, I mean, it's still got a good audience, good size audience, maybe not quite as high as it used to be. Um, you know, but when it was head to head with Dynamite, I think, you know, the numbers were really no higher than they are now. So I think the reason that people used to talk about it a lot was because of its, you know, battle, head-to-head ratings battle with Dynamite. Um, I mean, to me, NXT is a really good show. I enjoy it. I enjoy the character development. I think it's really fast-paced. I think they're doing a really good job with lots of different people. Um, So if people don't want to watch it, to me, that's their loss, Kenny. Um, Now they've changed the logo. Well, maybe. Well, obviously, people are talking about the logo. (laughs) You know... Well, is a logo enough for people who've stopped watching NXT to give NXT another chance? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, but I, to to me, it seems like if you so if you say you're a wrestling fan, you're you know you're not just a WWE fan, right? You're a fan yeah. of a majority of stuff. So if you watch the three hour Raw, you watch the two hour Dynamite, and you watch the the two hour SmackDown, they're the top three shows that people would watch, right? You would imagine. I feel like once you get past that. It, it really is, you know, if you've got, if you've also got another half who wants to go out and, you know, have a date night and you've got, uh, you know, friends who, I don't know, you're into video games or you're into music or whatever, the the, the time element, I think, is, is, a, is a factor. Um, and, you know, when NXT used to be in the network, I mean, we don't, we, we never really found out what the viewing figures were for NXT pre-USA Network. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the thing with NXT is, I don't know if NXT ever really used to be, you know, watched by more people than it is now. But I think well, it's just... I'm, a- I'm sure more people watch it now than they did before it was on the USA Network. I mean, that stands to reason, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but at the same time, I think because I think people just maybe... I think, I think it's one of those things where it's not a show that people really are going to talk about that much because it is more of a developmental show, which isn't a bad thing to, to be that... But um, yeah, I, I I I don't really I don't usually have time for NXT in my week, um, which I think is, is not is not because it, I don't like the show or think it's a bad show. It's just it's not it's not got to me. But um, but yeah, I hope that this uh, I hope that the I, one of the things I hope that they do is kind of go back to having uh, takeovers again because I think one of the things that suffered from the NXT two point era is that the 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 big shows they've done like like the one they did in WrestleMania weekend this year didn't really feel like it was a big show. Didn't yeah, I think didn't. part of the problem is they're not taking them on the road and holding them at large venues, possibly, because yeah. they fear they cannot fill those large venues, which may very well be true. But, I mean, Worlds Collide was stu- was, was like, it was a five-match show. There was only one mediocre match on that show. All the other matches, to me, were must-see. It was a tremendous uh, two hours and 13 or 15 minutes of wrestling. Um, I mean, the September 6th follow-up NXT was vibrant, you know, really busy, but not in a way that left you drained. You know, it was a really, you know, high-quality show. And I think they're doing a tremendous job developing acts. I mean, NXT 2.0, it's coming up. Well, it was the one-year anniversary yesterday, wasn't it? Yes, it was today, actually, September 14th. is the Was it not September 14th last year? Something like that. It yeah. was. I think, it's, I think it's a year today. On the, it's one year this week anyway since NXT 2.0 did the rebrand. And you look at the development. Look at Braun Breaker. You know, we were introduced to him on the first episode of NXT 2.0. And you look at him now, and he's really matured as a wrestler, all-round performer, champion. I mean, I was concerned about him for a while, certainly around the time of WrestleMania, that there was potentially going to be a backlash because he'd been pushed too far and too high too fast but i think he's really settled down into the role i think he's really grown as champion um that match with tyler bates i mean tyler bates you know top line pro and Bron breaker more than held his own in that match was the deserving winner was not booed and i tell you what <laughs> you know a lesser performer would have been against tyler bate who is so popular such a plucky guy so likable it was babyface versus babyface 
And uh, I mean, that was a tough, believable match. I think it lasted just over 17 minutes. And, um, you know, well worthy of its title unification match status. But yeah, look at what Breaker has achieved in one year. I think it's pretty extraordinary how much he has developed as a in-ring performer. I think there's still things he can do with the character. I think the character needs to show more depth. But I think as an all-rounder, well, generally the, his promos are good. But I just think he could show a little bit more depth as a character. But certainly, you know, as an in-ring performer and handling himself on the mic, um, you know, and just not appearing to be, um, you know, intimidated by any sort of opponent or any scenario into which he's booked. I think he's really done so well. And many others, you know, on the show. I mean, there's that Wendy Chu is a character that, you know, a few months ago, I wrote up her match with Mandy Rose. And it was, you know, really, you know, it was, you know, poor. It was just, why is this woman booked against Mandy Rose? She doesn't feel like a championship contender. And she changed the character for the match with Tiffany Stratton the other week. And, you know, that's a huge improvement for her. And that was a, a that was a good little main event there between those two. So, I mean... There's lots of things happening in NXT that I think people should check out. But as you say, Kenny, people only have a finite amount of time each week to watch wrestling. So they have to pick and choose. Yeah, and I think, you know, to the WrestleMania point, I mean, when we were in Dallas this year, nobody on the day of WrestleMania was going to a 1 p.m. NXT show. Well, so, again, so... you know, you know, look at the time of it. And it's like previously they've been held in huge venues the night before. And it almost became like a casualty of like this glut of, you know, events and product, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, what they should do next year is, you know, put it on the Thursday night. You know, put it on mm. the Thursday night of NXT, of WrestleMania week. Then then you can have SmackDown uh, and then the two nights of Mania and Raw. I mean, it's still a lot, but I mean, that's... Because the thing was, nobody, nobody when you're going to WrestleMania for four and a half hours later on is going to travel into the downtown area to watch Dolph Ziggler have no. a match with... Ron Breakers. I think that with Triple H, I think the good thing with him in charge is going to be he is going to be really across both. Because in reality, Vince McMahon didn't really care if no. you know, the NXT show at WrestleMania weekend did well, but Triple H will care. So hopefully next year we'll see uh, you know some so, something more uh, to give NXT a better chance of success on Mania weekend next year. Yeah, more so. of a jawned up approach and and just more crossover of stars. I mean. Worlds Collide, the opener, if you like your, your aerials. Carmelo Hayes versus Ricochet. I mean, what a match, if you like aerials. That was the finesse there, was outstanding, impeccable performance. Well, actually, maybe they did just a little bit too much for an opener. But, I mean, it was, you know, in terms of actually what they did, I mean, it was just pinpoint accuracy. But, yeah, I hope also prior, the the, the um, NXT Big Show is held on the Thursday before WrestleMania in a large venue. Um, and um, and that there's uh, main roster stars there as well to give them a little bit of a boost. And uh, when I say main roster stars, main roster stars that people care about, not Dolph Ziggler. Exactly, exactly. Well, listen, let's uh, we get other stuff to chat about. Let's talk about SmackDown first. Um, and SmackDown opened in Seattle with uh, Imperium, the trio against Sheamus, Ridge Holland and Butch. And um, I mean, this six-man tag had a lot of energy to it, a lot of... The crowd were really into it. Sheamus was so over. I would never have predicted that in 2022, Sheamus would be as over as he is. And it just shows you that if you make people care about somebody and you take the time, then it can work. So I was very, very happy for, for Sheamus and, and everybody in this match. And I think that they, they, they all did a great job. And, uh, you know, when Sheamus was doing his 25 uh you know, beat things onto the chest of uh, Ludwig Kaiser. The crowd were chatting along with all 25 for it. You don't see very often, but a uh, pretty hot opener. Yeah, and also, you know, a stunning disclosure at the start of the match, Kenny. Uh, Michael Cole on commentary. By the way, we should point out that Pat McAfee is fulfilling college football obligations. Is it yeah, college he, football for the next couple of months? Yeah, he basically got this opportunity to do some sort of college football thing. Triple H approved it. So I think he'll be back at the end of the year. So Cody yes. Graves has taken his spot until then. That's it. Anyway, stunning disclosure from Michael Cole. He said Giovanni Vinci was only the second Italian-born WWE superstar in WWE history. The first being Bruno San Martino. What no, about Santino, Santino, Santino no, Morella? Yeah, I was going to say. 
<laughs> Lend the gimmick, Michael. You've got to keep it up. <laughs> that was funny. Um, so yeah, Butch is back doing the finger breaking gimmick, which you know I'm not a fan of because I just think it looks absurd. But fa- <laughs> fans apparently like it. At least he's um, dressed like Pete Dunne again. At least there's. Well, I know it's for a couple of weeks, but at least we're, at least we're we're on the road to to better things for Peter. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, you said last week, oh, they're going to change his name back to Pete Dunne. But the problem is, all the merch, the action figures, he'll be known as Butch. He'll be known as Butch in the game. So he's going to be no, known as Butch in all these different things. So it's a bit of a problem changing the name, isn't it? Well, the thing is, where he where he might be clip, be clip, end up being fortunate is um, that, you know, it's the, remember Chris Jericho said years ago that one of the reasons that he would change his tights so often is because he knew there was action figures. So yeah. the more colours that you have, the more figures they might do of you. So if he's got a Butch figure that's maybe in production where he's going to be dressed as Butch, and then he ends up reverting back to Pete Dunne. That's another figure for him. So that's more more money in his pocket. So well, well, yeah. I mean, I'm all for him cha- reverting, reverting. Yeah. Can not revert back. Reverting to Pete. Rever- reverting. I'm all for that. But anyway, back to the match. Tremendous match. Really, red hot crowd was so into it. You know, Sheamus and Gunter finally went face to face. You know, people were up for that based upon what they just seen at Clash of the Castle. Uh, <laughs> There was a moment there with Ridge where he sent Kaiser flying and Kaiser landed awkwardly on his knee. I mean, Ridge, you need to get it together. You just need to get it together. In the end, Vinci pinned Holland after the Imperium bomb. So that was the right outcome. Giovanni Vinci is his big first test on TV as a wrestler for on the main roster. Um, so I thought this was, this was very well done. And, um, you know, there's a huge appetite for a Seamus Gunter rematch, obviously, isn't there, Kenny? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So people are going to be up for that. So I'm sure we're going to get it, maybe Extreme Rules or or beyond. But yeah, very, yeah, very I, think, I think they might delay it. Delay it. I think it would be too soon to book it on October 8th. And maybe we'll have a rematch under Street Fight Rules or something between all six of them or perhaps four of them. But I think it would be too soon to give a Seamus and Gunter again. But there is, you know, huge enthusiasm for that rematch. Well, I mean, they they they, are, they do have a crown jewel in Saudi Arabia on November the fifth. Oh. So, I mean, oh dear, we don't want it there. I'd rather have it extreme rules than there. But um, yes, agreed. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, elsewhere on SmackDown, we did have Ronda Rousey win a five weight elimination match to earn a shot at. Um, Liv Morgan Extreme Rules. This was very bizarre how this was booked because it was Ronda Rousey, Sonia Deville, Zia Lee, Natalia, and Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans, I mean, this woman is <laughs> the presentation of her in the last year has been, you know, stop starts not even the word for it. She's just yeah. one minute she's a baby face, next minute she feels like a heel, then she's on Raw, then she's on SmackDown. Um, so Ronda Rousey ends up winning this match in under five minutes. And it it just felt like none of the women in this mattered apart from Ronda Rousey, which of course they don't, but you know they don't need to be so obvious about it. Um, and then Liv Morgan's in a skybox where she's holding up the title, which I mean kind of feels a little bit healy to be in your luxury box, and then especially when the crowd are so pro Ronda Rousey right now. So she wins, and then she also ends up um, going up to Shayna Baszler afterwards backstage. Um, you know, who wishes her good luck against Liv Morgan. And then Ronda Rousey talks about revenge and says, you know, when you're ready to break some bones and take over this show, let me know. So teasing an alliance with Shayna Baszler. But, I mean, Ronda Rousey is absolutely the star of this division right now, but I just don't really know. I think she is going to take the title back from Liv Morgan, but where do they go from there? Who's in the division? Because she's just railed through the, the other four that are there, and I can't see any of them being contenders for her. No, no, neither can I. I mean, um, yeah, Liv was watching from the tox- Toxic Lounge, you know, just like Toxic Attraction in NXT. And she was acting a trifle heelish, I felt, like she was above it all. Um, I mean, I-, I thought the match was okay. I mean, it's not like Zayali, Natalia, Sonia Deville, or sadly Lacey Evans are ever going to be stars in this division. Uh, happily, there was no Shotzi in the match. Uh, to drag it down. I thought it was actually quite well done for what it was, but I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, it's Rousey versus Liv at, at Extreme Rules on October 8th. Um, 
And it does feel like Rousey's going to win unless Shayna's involved. And Shayna costs Rousey the match, leading to Ronda versus Shayna. But it almost sort of feels like maybe Ronda and Shayna will form a tag team and become tag team champions, which I think would be, you know, a very constructive gig for Shayna. Um, yes. But I think also, you know, we need to consider when is Charlotte Flair returning? Surely she will not be out for that much longer. No, I mean, she, she, she's ready to go. Um, but it's, it, I mean, you know, she did say in the Broken Skull sessions with Steve Austin about how, how does she come back and, you know, have something new about her um, or have something different about her? So um, whether that happens, she might just come back the exact same way. But yeah, I, I assume that she'll be back by sort of November at least. Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? I mean, you would think there's going to be some sort of traditional, I think they're going to go back to the traditional Survivor Series matches or at least a couple of traditional Survivor Series matches at the Mm -hmm. uh, Survivor Series show. And you would think that Charlotte would be involved in that. Um, But yeah, Liv, it's, I'm not really sure what the future holds in store for her. It's she's also, she's also been a bit, she's been a bit of a flop as champ. As well, because I mean, but it's weird because when I when when I was in Cardiff and I was doing press on the Friday morning, Liv Morgan was one of the people there, and she was great with press. And you, know, I've, there's, there's that great video of her, uh, you know, with the 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 uh, the pair. I, I don't I don't want to word this wrong, but there was the, the very touching moment with her and a fan, where the fan okay. was very excited to see her, and she understood that this fan needed a lot of time and energy, and she did that, and it was very very sweet. So she is very good in that way, but you know, if she, once she loses to Ronda Rousey, I don't know what you really do with her because I don't think she's really nailed it in the role as champ. No, no, I would agree with that. I mean, she feels to me like she's not, she doesn't have the credibility as a champion yet. She sort of feels like Bron Breaker when Bron Breaker first became NXT champion. To hark back to an earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, topic of conversation whereas Breaker now having defeated a lot of people he feels like a champion now whereas Liv just it's like she needs some wins I mean Shayna didn't doesn't really have much didn't have much credibility as a challenger at Clash at the Castle so people didn't really think that she was a threat to Liv so that was partly to me the reason why the response to that match wasn't as loud as other matches on the show um, and there aren't any other sort of genuine contenders on the SmackDown brand who could have been fed to live to really make her feel like a champ. I mean, Natalia, but I mean, no, I mean, Natalia's there to put other people over. Of course she is. I mean, Lacey Evans, I mean, she, <laughs> at least she was still a heel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no. I think mean, it was Lacey. She was a big favorite of Vince McMahon's. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine why, but she was a big Vince project. <laughs> you know that Paul Levesque does not see as much star potential in her as Vince did because he recognises that, yeah, she looks great but and she talks well, but there's still some shortcomings in terms of her in-ring act. And for her to be pushed, she needs to be able to deliver in the ring more than she currently can or more than she has shown us so far. Mm -hmm. So she's in an odd place right now. I hope she gets another chance. I really feel like she should perhaps be in a tag team uh, rather than a singles performer. And I'm not sure who with, but she definitely needs some direct, hopefully not Shotzi. She definitely (laughs) needs some direction right now. So um, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I mean, you know, Rousey right now after the Adam Pearce angle on the prior week SmackDown feels like she's really heated up again. I mean, I'm not sure whether she's a heel or a face. Is she a tweener? I'm not really sure what she is. Um, but things don't look good for Liv at Extreme Rules. So I think we can both agree on that. We can, yeah. I mean, the fact that the storyline they've kind of had to make up is that like the, the story of Liv Morgan as champ seems to be she's quite weak and she's a bit rubbish. Can she keep the belt? Yeah. And that's, I mean, kind, of, that's kind of the angle. It just went too soon on her money yeah. about cashing, didn't it? Yeah, because she wasn't believable, especially against Ronda Rousey. You need to be 10 times more believable against Ronda Rousey than anyone else. Yeah, I mean, you can tell she wants it, but she's one of those people that I think she's got better instincts for pro pro wrestling than a lot of people in the business. Mm -hmm. But it still feels like when she's she's in the ring, she still feels like she's very tense. She's not comfortable in there. I don't think she's really calmed down yet. And she just needs to just 
relax in the ring and just let things come naturally. And I know that's difficult in pro wrestling since everything's laid out move for move. Yeah. But I mean, we're supposed to think, you know, that there's a quality of naturalness there when someone's performing, aren't we? That's what we're, that's the, that's the image we're supposed to have in our heads that we, that this person doesn't quite know what she's, he or she is going to do next. And that this match could go anywhere, anyway, whereas with live, it just all feels kind of rehearsed and predetermined, which of course it is. But I mean, it's your job's to make it look like it's not. Exactly. It's like you could say that about any acting performance. You know, of course, any acting performance in a TV series or a movie is all rehearsed and scripted, but we're not meant to think it is. You know, it's supposed to be unpredictable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see how, like, I don't hold... It's almost like, this is a, maybe a bad analogy, but Liv almost reminds me of, like, someone who would walk out onto X Factor years ago and has a voice, but just doesn't have it. And, you yeah. know, but is desperate to have it. And it's one of those yes. things where you just... You either have it or you don't. And I think Liv does have... She definitely has a place on the roster, but I don't think that, at the moment anyway, I don't think she's shown that really she works as a champ. No. And maybe the best thing for her in the future would be in a tag team. You know, maybe Sarah Logan comes back or something and, you know, maybe she just does something like that. It's about kind of, you know, lower level that that doesn't require her to be a focal point. Uh, Yeah, I would rather see her with someone from NXT, maybe like a Fallon Henley or maybe even a Tiffany Stratton when they decide to bring her up. I mean, I'm not sure whether she would work with Liv Morgan. But I mean, like a new act that's, you know, got a lot of energy and really has something to prove. And yeah, in a team, I think she could really find herself and maybe a year or 18 months from now have another run at the main title. They just rushed her into it. So, I mean, I think they thought when she won Money in the Bank, there was like you know, a huge response for her, wasn't there? When she won the when yeah. she kept the briefcase. It's like, right, we've got to capitalise on this. We've got to just go now. It, it was just too soon for her. But it's the, it's the downfall of, you know, there's the whole thing that WWE create moments. And it's like, moments are great, but you need to, the, the, the people then need to be able to follow up the moments. And I, I just don't think yeah. that she was able to follow up that. I mean, she's only 28, so she's got loads of time. So yeah, and, all, and also that she just didn't have the support in place, did she? Because, I mean, there's just, there's, there's, as we've said, there's quite a few female performers on the brand, but none of them feel like a threat. None of them, apart from Ronda Rousey and possibly Shayna Baszler in future after she's formed a team with Ronda Rousey, but mm-hmm. certainly not at the moment. None of them really feel like they're viable contenders. No. Uh, well, the one other thing from SmackDown before we move on is um, we did have the Bloodline minus Roman Reigns coming out. So we had uh, Sami Zayn, the Usos, they brought out Sola Sokoa. Um, you know, he said, you know, you come from my family, I come for you, you create problems and I finish them, I'm here to stay, the bloodline is going to get bigger and stronger. And this brings out Drew McIntyre, who comes out wanting revenge, uh, Zayn and the Usos kind of get out of Dodge as uh, Sokoa is left there, and they end up setting up the main event, which is uh, Drew versus Sokoa, and um, they have a pretty decent match um, that goes about 10 minutes, and then uh, Karrion Cross ends up attacking Drew for the DQ finish. And we have this black and white screen now, which just, you know, gives you the PTSD of the red light of uh, The Fiend back in the day. Um, so it seems like Cross and McIntyre is the next feud. Um, Solo's pulling double duty, as you mentioned earlier, because he's now the NXT North American champion as well. So he'll be doing both. Uh, what did you make of the follow-up here with all of these players uh, coming out of Cla- Clash at the Castle? Yeah, I really enjoyed the, the Solo Sokoa thing. I mean, Sami Zayn came out with Jimmy and Jay, and um, Jay was not happy that Zayn had hijacked all of them. You know, the mic time, he was leading this introduction ceremony for Solo Sokoa. Um, it was really funny as well when Solo refused to accept Zayn's hug. as loud boos for Sokoa. I mean, he had a really good reception. So it was the perfect way to introduce him to the bloodline as the person who cost Drew McIntyre the title at Clash at the Castle. Uh, Bloodline said that uh, they just got bigger and stronger. Then Drew walked out with a chair. Jimmy and Jay and Sami Zayn retreated to the floor, but Sokoa, the street fighter, refused to do so. Drew entered the ring with the ch- you know, chair in hand. Well, actually, he blasted Sokoa with the chair from the outside of the ring first, then entered the ring with the chair. And the timing on this spot, Kenny, I watched it twice, and it was... It was perfect. 
So Drew went to nail Sokoa, who was feeding Drew's back. He went to nail Drew. Sorry, Drew went to nail Sokoa in the back with a chair. But Sami Zayn leapt into the ring, shoved Sokoa out of the way, and he took the chair shot to the back instead. And the timing on that spot, there was no hesitation at all. I mean, that was one of the spots of the year, that Kenny. I mean, the skill level that was involved in making that look as good as it did was outstanding. So after Drew had nailed Sammy with the chair, you know, the bloodline back pedaled, and then McIntyre challenged Sokoa to a match later on the broadcast, and Sokoa agreed. And backstage later, Sokoa did thank Sammy for taking the chair shot for him. But, you know, there's still, you know, a lot of tension between Zayn and Jay, and Zayn's had enough. You know, he's not getting pushed. He's not allowing himself to be pushed around by Jay anymore, Kenny. He's standing up for himself backstage. He's proven (laughs) that he's loyal to the bloodline and deserves some respect from Jay. So I'm really enjoying the development of this saga. I think it's really good. I think ultimately we're going to get Sammy and Kevin Owens versus Jimmy and Jay. But it doesn't look like they're going to rush it, and nor should they. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's quite good. I, I, I do hope that the. I mean, how do you feel about carrying cross so far? Is he, is he better this time around for you than the first time? Is he? Well, more we, we've just seen him in the match with Drew Gulak, which lasted just over a minute, and I just mean more as a character, like not, not, well, not in the right. Is the character floating your boat anymore this time around? I mean, he plays the character well. I mean. That's never been a problem. I think he projects intensity as a character, but it's like, does he do so in the ring? And like the quality of that match Drew had with Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle, that was one of the matches of the year in WWE. And, um, you know, is he going to be able to follow that with Drew? And I'm not convinced that he can. Um, He never, you know, to me, he wasn't up to headline standard in NXT, and I'm not convinced that he is on SmackDown either. I, I really hope he proves me wrong because they've received this second chance. I've been a big fan of Scarlett for years. I've talked about that mini feud she had with Disco Inferno, Glenn Gilberti back in Impact Wrestling. I think it was 2019. I mean, that was really good. And she's actually not bad in the ring either. I mean, I'm not sure if they're going to use her as a wrestler, but she's not bad as a wrestler. Um so there's definitely matches that can be done in future with her there. But carrying Cross versus Drew, you know, I don't want to say he's not up to the task, Kenny, because I want him to prove me wrong. I want him to show that he is. But he's just, I just don't feel like he's got that, you know, that oomph. You know, I just don't think his matches have got that welly. And when he gets in the ring, you know, he should be like, there should be this, you know, he does have a, a menace as a character, but I think he has to learn how to translate that into his matches. So he looks like this, you know, top heel. And he just, to me, feels like a mid-card heel when he wrestles. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm torn. I, the, the the black and white light thing, I just don't think it's going to work. I don't think people are going to buy it. I think they need to get rid of that soon because I think it's going to annoy people. I, th- I think, I mean, I thought he was good at Clash at the Castle in his role. I think that the issue that he's got is that he is now the follow-up for Drew. And I think a lot of people are going to want to see Drew do well. So I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to yeah. deliver in that role. Um, and I just don't know if he's going to. Th- I almost feel that like he would do well in a faction initially, where he's like part of a bunch of people. And I mean, there's not really a faction he could go to. Um so that's not going to happen. But yeah, I think it's going to be tough for him. I think, uh, but, he, but they like his look. They obviously want to give him a proper uh, go this time around. I wonder if Scarlet will become more a part of the presentation because, you know, she's, she's. I mean, well, we, we know that pe- she's very attractive. People like her. So um, I just don't know if Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross is going to be a match that sets the world on fire. But, yeah, well, I mean, it's, I mean, we know that Drew can go. I mean, he's yeah. one of Consistent people in the business. So, I mean, if this feud, presumably they're going to wrestle Extreme Rules, if this feud does not sizzle, it does not, you know, (laughs) blow the roof off, then, you know, we don't need to look too far uh, for the culprit, do we, Kenny? It's going to be carrying cross. So you're right, there is a lot of pressure on him, but, I mean, it's up to him. And if you want to wrestle at the top level, then you've got to be able to bring it. And if you can't bring it, then you don't deserve 
to be at the top level. It is that simple. It is indeed. Well, listen, let's uh, bang to... Just mention a couple of other quick things on SmackDown, if that's all right, Kenny. Sure. Yeah, there was a they had a, they had a, a still there in memory Queen Elizabeth the two uh, Queen Elizabeth who obviously died last week. Polite round of applause there. I thought that was really nice. Uh, also, there was a match between Raquel Rodriguez, Aaliyah, and uh, the toxic attraction duo of Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane. You've got a really high energy entrance. <laughs> there was a couple of very noticeable blunders in this. Aaliyah failed to jump with a snap mare when Dolan tried it the first time, but then she did do it on the second attempt. Actually, they got away with that. Really good crowd during interaction on the match. Then there was another spot later where JC left the ring when she wasn't supposed to, and Dolan had to call her back into the ring for a double-team spot. <laughs> so they kind of got away with that as well, if you, you know, probably most people didn't realise, but that really amused me. Uh, Raquel ended up making the big, making the big hot tag, and she pinned Jane. I thought it was actually good, despite the the errors, which I thought they actually compensated for all well. I thought it was good action and and well received. Anyway, that's all I need to say about SmackDown. But I just wanted to bring those two things up. I was really pleased that WWE acknowledged the death of our monarch, and that the people in the arena gave it a polite round of applause. Well, speaking of Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah, they did defend the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team titles on Raw against EO Sky and Dakota Kai, and thankfully, they changed the titles. I've got to say, Aaliyah in this match was... Her overacting was horrific. There was a point where she did a roll-up onto Kai, I think it was, and when she didn't get the pinfall on a roll-up, she did a more exaggerated face than when Undertaker... Uh, did his reaction to Shawn Michaels kicking out of the tombstone at WrestleMania? I mean, we're t- are we talking Will Osprey levels? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One Ospre- of those, oh, wow. one of those like Osprey, Osprey faces. And I, it's, and maybe it's just a pet peeve of mine. I hate in wrestling when wrestlers on a TV match midway through use a reaction that should be saved for a massive moment. Yeah, and that's what Aaliyah was doing. I don't think she. I, I think Aaliyah is one of those people. I'm sure she's lovely. I remember seeing her years ago and it was Breaking Ground or whatever they had, that reality show that they had maybe 2015 or something where they were looking at performance centre people. She's been around for ages and she's just not got it. You know, she's just not got an ounce of charisma. And, you know, she, she makes Tony Storm look charismatic. No. And that is, and that is a stretch. That's that. that I mean, I, I, mean I, you, you, I can't believe that you went there, Kenny. I know. I can't believe you <laughs> of went all the, Of all the places to go. Oh, um, but I feel like, you know, Raquel is someone who, in NXT, Raquel Rodriguez was tremendous. And in this team with Aaliyah, she's really been brought down. They're yes. not, they've got no chemistry. They've got no reason to be together. Um, so when they did this title change, especially as the match was going on, and Aaliyah was just annoying me more and more and more. I was just willing damage control to, to win the match, and which they did. So I'm very happy that EOS got to carry the champs um, because I think that the, the titles now are going to be way more, uh, you know, fun. Especially you know you brought up the kind of Ronda Rousey Shayna Baszler thing. If they go and if they end up going up against uh, Kai and Sky, that would be great. But if it was Aaliyah and Rodriguez, it, it'd be quite a a damp squib. Of, uh, <laughs> of I mean, what needs to happen next week, Kenny? And I'm sure you'll agree with this, right? Mm-hmm. This is F Martin's booking recommendation of the week. Here we go. Right. Mm-hmm. Next week, Raquel. I mean, I don't like her smiley baby face character. Nah. She spends too much time smiling. We don't want any of that. No. She could have been a great opponent for Liv Morgan. She needs to take out her frustration at this loss on Aaliyah next week. With a hellacious beating, she needs to beat Aaliyah down, turn heel, and like maybe she can then become a contender for Bianca in future. Well, actually, Bailey's probably going to defeat Bianca at Extreme Rules, I imagine. But she could perhaps actually. She's is she not a full time SmackDown player, Raquel? I think she is. Isn't she? she is. Yeah, she has a full time yes. SmackDown player. So she could. I mean, she could then be someone who you know, if Ronda Rousey wins the title, could be somebody to you know contend with. Exactly. So she needs to turn heel on Aaliyah either this Friday or next week on Raw. And, um, you know, then she could really, I think, a career could start motoring. But you're right. She has been dragged down by Aaliyah. I mean, Aaliyah's, I think, 
I think a match here, it could have been worse. This is what I've written in my notes. It could have been worse. But I mean, that's faint praise. That's the faintest I mean, of praise, Finn. That's like saying, that's like that's like watching a movie and going, I think there's been a worse movie somewhere. <laughs> that's some it. I, think, I think Exorcist 2 with Richard Burton was worse than <laughs> whatever. Oh, Neil God. Steals, or whatever the worst movie ever was. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, yeah, she needs Raquel needs to do the heel turn. She needs to do the hell of a beat down on Aaliyah. And you know, that would be good for Aaliyah as well. Because then Aaliyah could have like a, you know, she could then have a sympathy vote because she's been beaten down so badly. Mm-hmm. Have like an attempt at a revenge match with Raquel, show some heart, but of course lose in the end. And I think she could gain something from it as a baby face with like, you know, a, a really, you know, really sort of courageous performance against Rodriguez. But Reed Rodriguez just needs to put distance between herself and Aaliyah starting either this Friday or next Monday or whenever, as soon as possible. As soon as possible. We'll, let, we'll, we'll bash through a couple other things on Raw. We did have a more kind of a forward movement on the Seth Rollins-Matt Riddle feud when Rollins came out and, you know, Riddle ended up interrupting him and, you know, Riddle just won't let it go. He's chasing Rollins. Rollins is... Uh, because Rollins ends up uh, hitting Riddle's head on, on the announce table and then just running away. Riddle chases him. This ends up leading to the Judgment Day coming out and basically trying to recruit Riddle. But, um, yeah, so the Rollins and Riddle thing seems to be continuing. It would seem at extreme rules. But um, the Judgment Day had their own thing going on with uh, Dominic Mysterio in this show. He was he played a big part with you know Ray trying to uh, plead with him that, you know, there's still a way back and all this kind of stuff and Rhea Ripley's in, in his ear. And then the main event of the show was Edge and Dominic Mysterio. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think the match was quite up to the part of the story storyline stuff that's going on, but uh, what did you make of it? Well, do you want me to talk about Edge versus Dominic first or the Riddle Rollins stuff first? Whatever, whatever one takes your fancy first. Right, well, we'll just go through it in chronological order. I mean, I thought, you know, Rollins opened the show, you know, fans chanted along with his music. He bragged about his win over Matt Riddle, Clash of the Castle, said he was not interested in a rematch with Riddle. Then spectators yelled, rematch! That then led to Riddle's appearance. There was a scrap, Riddle chased Rollins through the crowd. But she also mentioned as well that Rollins has said that he'd... uh, you know, he'd been without championship gold for far too long. And then that led to a challenge later on the show, a conversation later on the show between him and Bobby Lashley. And they will have a match next week on Raw for the US title, won't they, Kenny? Yes. And it was very, very, there was a, the way that Seth Rollins could have set up the idea that, you know, Bobby Lashley, he's just like Matt Riddle, another MMA fighter who just, you know, doesn't get it and wants to fight. So, you know, they're going to fight in a cage because obviously, you know, cage fighting. So I thought there was a lot of kind of bits and pieces that tied it together nicely to set up this big cage match next week. There was a lot of moving parts here which mesh well. And also, Kenny, did you notice the person in the crowd dressed like tugboats? I did. When Rollins and Riddle. I did. It was, was, I mean, six out of ten for accuracy, but the attempt was made. You know, Judgment Day appeared and um, offered Riddle a spot in the gang, and uh, they said that they were helped there to help Riddle. They were problem solvers. Riddle said he was preoccupied with Rollins, so he passed on the offer. And Judgment Day said you're either with us or against us. That led to the match between Riddle and Finn Balor. I thought Riddle had a really good comeback here. Uh, Balor scored the pin after Rollins had caused a distraction. He resurfaced at ringside. So that indicates that we are going to get another match between Rollins and Riddle at Extreme Rules. That should yes. be the feud ender, I would think, there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was lots of things going on here. And then Dominic Mysterio, uh, there was a pre-taped interview with him backstage and he was talked about how he was no longer in his father's shadow and he was his own person. And we saw Rhea Ripley was leaning into short and telling him what to say. So... Um, you know, we're under the impression that he's um, he's under Rhea Ripley's spell, essentially. So, um, you know, Dominic's, I mean, there's a, he needs to do a lot of work on this heel character. And I couldn't quite believe that this match with Edge happened after the injury angle they did last week. I didn't think Edge was going to be there. I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be, well, Edge can't appear because he's injured, count him out, Dom's going to 
you know, take the win by cow out and they would celebrate. To me, that would have been um, preferable to what they did because this edge dominant Mysterio match, it, to me, it was just too soon for it to happen. Um, edge totally destroyed Dominic in the match. Uh, Ripley was at ringside. He She targeted Edge's left knee. And then, uh, you know, the one they obviously uh, done a number on the previous week on Raw. So then that became the story of the match. Dominic then targeted the knee as well. Um, I thought Dom, I mean, he was all right in the ring, but he looked a bit lost to me as a heel character, Kenny. That was my impression of, of things. I mean, I know this is a, a big opportunity for him and a new thing, but he's, he's you know, it's he's very much like carrying cross. He's got to step it up, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, for, for for Dominic, it's this weird thing where he's been in the team with his dad for like two years or three years, whatever, two two years. And, the you know, he's just turned heel. I mean, really, he should not be in a 15-minute TV main event with Edge straight away. No. But th- there should have been six-mans. There should have been a build-up. And, and that maybe says like I'm making excuses for him. But I do think he's got something, and I think that you could build the character quite well by having him be part of judge- the Judgment Day, but not... Yeah, a 15-minute match with Edge in the main event of Raw is a big ask of someone. Yeah. And I think that they maybe just overestimated what I think he would be able to do. And also, with Edge, it's like, what's, what's Edge supposed to do? Because Dominic has mainly worked as a babyface, so he's not even really got used to working as a heel in the ring yet. Yeah. So... Um, I think, yeah, I think they just really sort of, unfortunately, not intentionally, I think they set him up for a failure on this one. Yeah, I think they did. But I mean, I don't think it's a disaster by any means. I mean, in the end, Edge had Dominic completely at his mercy, tied up in the ropes. Uh, Just then Ray showed up and tried to stop Edge from continuing his attack on uh, Dominic. Um, Ray and Edge then fell out. And then Damian Priest and Finn Balor attacked Ray and Edge. Um, and Dominic pummeled Edge's leg with a chair. Uh, Finn Balor jumped on Edge's leg. Fans were chanting, you suck. And that was how the show ended. So I don't think it was a disaster. I just think it was a, a, a I think it was just overly ambitious. For they, can, they, can re, they can regroup, but it's just, you know, they need to know that this was a step back and you need yeah. to now re, you know regroup how you're gonna go how you're gonna go forward with Dominic and not put him in a position like this. Yeah, I think yeah. it was more of a sort of it was almost like a test. Let's just see where he's where he's at. Yeah. And you know he, he didn't flop massively, but there's to me there's a lot of work for him to do on his character. Um and yeah he needs to be you know this his shortcomings need to be concealed in tag or or six man matches or maybe mixed matches you would think you know with that appearance from beth phoenix a few weeks ago mm-hmm. that this is going to lead to a phoenix rhea ripley match or mixed match i'm actually quite looking forward to that i think that'll be really good for rhea ripley because yeah. we've seen very little for her, from her as a wrestler in fact i'm not even sure if she's wrestled once since she returned on tv no, but in some ways, I actually think that her not... I don't think it's really mattered for her so far because they really concentrated on her as a character, which is what yes. she was missing. Is the, sure. the, 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 before, it was just she's a wrestler, but now she is, you know, the muscle of the group. And I think that that's going to... When we eventually do get that mixed tag, it's going to mean more. So I, I think they've they've kind of... what they It's like what they haven't done with Dom, they kind of have done with Rhea in some ways. Yeah, I mean, it's all in, it's all a work in progress. I think it was more like, right, let's just see where we're at with Dom. Let's just see what he can do. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't think, I wouldn't call it a massive setback. I think he, he, I think it can be undone. I think it was an error. I agree with you. The match, for him to be booked in a match of this length in a main event, I think that was too soon for him. Yeah. But, I mean, at least everyone now knows where he stands and what he's capable of. And also what they need to do to rectify the weaknesses in his act. Uh, well, elsewhere on the show, we did have the in-ring return of Johnny Gargano. We had a match with Chad Gable, which was very well received by the crowd uh, in the arena. Uh, he got the win in the end with uh, his uh, one final beat finisher. Um, what did you make of Gargano's first foray back into the ring? Yeah, really good. I mean, I, I really like the transitions and it was almost like, you know, watching like an old school, you know, world of sport match or, you know, when they were doing like the actual wrestling, you know, <laughs> which is this weird thing that we don't really see on wrestling programming in 2022. 
but they were doing some really you know intricate seamless you know exchanges i mean you know such amazing pros and i think chad gable was the perfect opponent for johnny gargano he looked very small in that large wrestling ring didn't he mm-hmm. very weird to see him on raw we're so used to seeing him in nxt so it's it's uh, it's interesting to see him on the you know on the flagship show yeah, definitely. But I mean, he I don't think it really mattered because once you got over that image of how small he was and the action began, you were so taken by how good he was and the, you know, the complexity and the finesse of the exchanges between Gargano and Gable that his size was irrelevant. And uh, yeah, it was really well done. I mean, I thought Gargano's selling was was on point, you know, just really good. And I think even though Gargano obviously won because he had to win. It was his first match. I don't think Chad really... I think Chad's really, really... I think Chad's had... Even though he's sort of been in a bit of a jobber role, not a jobber, but he's obviously not been winning, mm. he's actually had a... He's just shown his worth recently. I mean, that segment uh, Chad and Otis had with Braun Strowman on SmackDown last week, when Chad went out there and just ripped into the crowd. I mean, he was just on fire out there, wasn't he? Before Braun Strowman came out and laid Chad and Otis, um, you know, he just smashed them both in the ring. But I mean, Chad's so over right now. I think Otis is as well. And um, I think this good work that they've both been putting in and just the helping hand that they've given everyone around them I think that will be recognised with another title reign at some point. I mean, Alpha Academy, Kenny, tremendous act. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the match with Gargano. Um, and uh, now I will just say, by the way, the flat across from me, ladies and gentlemen, has got building work going on. So if you hear some sort of weird buzzing noise, it has started. But luckily we're on our last segment, so hopefully you won't hear it for too long. Last thing I want to ask you about, Finn, was the Kevin Owens promo that he cut with Austin Theory. Very fiery promo from Kevin Owens. It feels almost he's got a little bit of freedom here to kind of, you know, maybe do bullet points and go a different direction. And the Owens and Theory stuff is is was very interesting to me. We should mention that Theory actually hit uh, Gargano with a briefcase after the match. Um, but Theory and Owens seems to be the direction for now. Yeah, I think they're having a match next week on Raw, aren't they? We yeah. Announce that. Yes. So I imagine Gargano will be involved in that to some extent because when Kevin Owens... Um, Obviously, you mentioned that Theory attacked Gargano uh, as Gargano was leaving. Uh, then Kevin Owens uh, joined Theory in the ring. Uh, Owens said that Theory was a delusional jackass. You know, Owens, you know, put himself and Johnny Gargano over as like the heartbeat of the business. Owens said that he didn't think that Theory had what it took to be the future of pro wrestling. And um, Owens was saying, listen, I've tried to reason with you. You know, I've tried to give you some good advice here and stop being such an egomaniac and being so egocentric. And, you know, you're not listening. So there's only one course of action I can take. And that led to the scrap. And there was big pull apart, during which Owens busted Theory's nose. And Theory looked pretty miffed about that. That was really kind of enhanced the, the scrap, didn't it? The intensity of it and the believability of it. And then Kevin Owens, what was it Kevin Owens said? I broke your nose and this was just the beginning, bitch. Was yes. his response to Theory. That's it. Yeah, well, hopefully he didn't break his nose because if he did, then Theory may not be wrestling on Raw next week. Yeah, just maybe it took a bit of creative license on that one. Yes, that's <laughs> it, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Owens is doing really well right now. I mean... You know, I believe that this is all sort of filler until Zayn does the big split from the bloodline. You know, I'm really looking forward to how that plays out. But there's lots more roads for them to travel, for Zayn to travel within the bloodline before he is ejected. But I still believe it's going to be Zayn and Owens versus Jimmy and Jay Uzo at some point in the future. But yeah, really enjoyed it. I mean, Owens, he's just reveled in this, you know, since June 25th. I mean, his career has been on this, you know, upward arc hasn't he he's been on an escalator upwards after well you he's had a pretty damn good year let's be honest yeah, yeah. well i mean, but, I mean he had, he, the thing was he had a great year leading up to wrestlemania and then he was stuck in the ezekiel thing which he did make work to his credit you know he did he did make that work but he's definitely you know i don't know what's happened since late june late july but he's he's he seems to be doing better well part of the reason is that well he beat ezekiel and happily that feud ended and then he did 
the face turn at some point. I mean, I'm not sure. If, I think he is a baby face now. It was sort of it's yeah. been a slow transition, hasn't it? But then he did the face turn. Um, and he's, you know, he's had, he had the match with Drew McIntyre and that fiery promo between them when they said that they were wrestlers. It was this watershed moment for Raw. We're wrestlers, not sports entertainers or, you know, whatever. Action adventure stars. Do you remember when we went through that that brief phase? I think it could have been either at the end of the nineties or the early two thousands. For a couple of weeks, they were, or could have maybe only been one week. They were referred to them as action adventure stars. Do you remember that one, Kenny? I don't remember it, but it sounds exactly like something they would do. Or it was try, something or try like that. It was very brief. It was something <laughs> like action. It was like, and what? it didn't work. Shockingly. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Owens is doing really well right now, and I'm looking forward to the match with Theory. I can't imagine there'll be a clean finish. I hope Gargano's involved, and I hope that leads to a tag match, Kenny, and Extreme Rules. Indeed, indeed. Well, listen, that's about all the time we've got for today. We uh, should mention that after Bianca Belair beat Sonya Deville on Raw, Bailey came out, and uh, you know, we 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 basically, you know, we're building to Bailey and uh, Bianca at Extreme Rules. That's sure. where we're. And Asuka and Alexa Bliss came out to make the save from damage control for Bianca. So, um, and, and can I just say, Sonia, you know, we had high hopes for you, mm-hmm. but I mean, I mean, the match with Bianca. It just, it just didn't, it just didn't do it. You know, it didn't set the world on fire, did it, Kenny? It didn't need twelve minutes. It did not need twelve minutes. It could have been, yeah. It just, it just she doesn't, she's not, doesn't feel on the level of Bianca. So it doesn't, it just felt like one of those. Oh well, Bianca has to wrestle someone for twelve minutes. Sonya Deville's because I mean, I guess Sonya Deville's on SmackDown. So why is she on Raw having this match? Doesn't really make any sense. But, Indeed, you know, yeah. do not subject us WWE, please, to any more Sonya Deville singles matches, please. No, no. Well, listen, that's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back um, tomorrow on Patreon, Friday on the main feed with Power Slam Podcast, and then the weekend we'll have the overrun as well. Um, so, Finn, I hope that you enjoy enjoy your day uh, because we'll be speaking again tomorrow. The 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 fun never ends. Yes, absolutely, yes. Yeah, I've got a few things planned for today. And likewise, Kenny, hope you do. And uh, she'll look forward to our conversation again tomorrow, right? Indeed, indeed. It's a, it's a slightly quieter week this week, which is appreciated um, that we don't, <laughs> don't have to think about as much stuff as we did last week. So um, you need a wee, you need a wee, a wee sort of come down from all of the, the drama. Yes. But, uh, I'm sure drama will continue to follow us at various points. But anyway, um, Inside the Ropes magazine, we uh, do hope you'll check it out. It's MWH Smith. You can DM us on Twitter with your postcode at Inside the Ropes uh, to find out where your nearest WH Smith is at stocks. Or you can go in and ask your nearest one to get it for you. Same with independent news agents. They can also get it in if you ask them. Or if you just want to cut out the middleman inside the ropesmagazine.com is where you can order it direct from us you can do a monthly rolling subscription where you can cancel at any time but you uh, if you do that you also will probably most of the time get your copy a couple of days early as well sometimes up to a week early but we can't promise that um so we hope you check that out and uh, have the musings of f martin each and every single month the next one has got the big clash at the castle review Yes. Uh, very, very fun Q&A, what's going down from the top. All the good stuff that you have come to expect from the mag. I've got an interview with Brian Danielson in there as well. So, Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I hope that you guys will check it out. Issue um, 25 of Inside the Ropes magazine goes on sale on September 29th. There you go. So you've still got time to go to insidetheropesmagazine.com and subscribe now and get your copy probably a couple of days early before September 29th. But otherwise... That's when the next issue will be in the shops. So do go and check it out. So um, otherwise, we'll see you on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. Robert Duffin, my original podcast co-host, came back for the CM Punk drama. So we've got a, a original <laughs> recipe special over there. Um, so it brought him back. So I've got another one coming this weekend. And Finn and I have got uh, the Power Slam podcast tomorrow, 24 hours early. We've got the overrun and loads and loads of stuff. So we hope you'll check it out. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us and supporting us. And we'll talk to you soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. 